The following content is strictly designed for the enjoyment of a mature adult audience. Headphones are recommended as these stories are recorded in left-to-right dimensional stereo. Make sure you listen to this episode in full so you don't miss all this. Of course you do as directed as she slips one finger into her cunt and then drags her flavor across your tongue. Vampire strippers and the, the nuns who are... What the fuck was that? What is happening right now, Dev? Hello, erotica connoisseurs. This is Angelica, and you're listening to All the Filthy Details, the erotica community's podcast. So let's start by addressing the elephant in the room. Where is Avril? Avril has moved on to do more lucrative mainstream projects, and we, as a team, would like to kick on to. We understand her ambitions because we have ambitions for ourselves and our podcast and the community we serve. So it's important that our current team builds on the growth we've inherited. Hopefully, I'll be a staple going forward. Please hit the like, subscribe, and leave a comment on your favorite podcast listening platform. We've got so many great things lined up in this episode to look forward to, including an interview with Megan Rose Fox, a glimpse of our exclusive collaboration with Melanie Russell, the erotic book review, and more. Let's kick off the podcast with a partial chapter from the stunning erotic diary of Emily by Phoenix Fox. Enjoy! This is a partial story for all the filthy details. Head on over to the Patreon for the full audio. Links are in the description. Of wine and a stack of old napkins, I curled up beside her. I managed to wait until she took her first bite of pizza, and then it burst out of me. I hooked up with someone yesterday. It was only anal, but still. Her eyes widened. I kept talking as she finished chewing her bite and took a huge gulp of red wine. She turned fully to me and seemed to assess me closely for a moment. And once I began to squirm under her stare, she finally nodded. I think you should call it with him. Getting attached to one person only leads to disaster with you. What's the issue with Sean? The issue is you gave this man your butthole before he got your phone number. I don't need to know him to know where this is going. He's just going to keep pushing the envelope until you're sucking off a bunch of his friends. For fuck's sake, Em. I chewed my lip, annoyed that she was right. I did always get attached to people when I became intimate with them. But this whole thing was all supposed to be about showing myself that I wasn't a bore in bed, that things could be different. What was the problem? So what do you plan to do next? I paused, considering. How about going to MIC? No. Her tone was final, defensive. Why? Why do you want to go there? She paused, then smiled nastily. It is Damon. Don't tell me you got attached to him too. Forget it, I submitted, squinting my eyes in my reluctant defeat. She had resorted to using her cheat code to kill the argument. Prickly bitch, I don't think Kiwi fits you at all. I stuck out my tongue. Helen put her wine glass down so hard, I winced. Clearly you don't even know what that means. Well, apparently not. I figured it was a nickname. Helen wasn't even from New Zealand. Her tone softened. Emily, you've got more important things to do than think about mystical old badgers who have long died off. Besides, there's much more out there to be worried about. Helen paused, considering. Then she shook her head as if to brush her thought away and shrugged. But you seem up for everything, so I guess you'll be fine. Silently, I pulled a pizza slice out for myself and chewed. What else was there to say? I wasn't sure if I even had an appetite anymore. You know what goes well with pizza and wine? Helen asked, her face suddenly lighting up. Charlie, I know a girl up near the Albium Arboretum, who can score me some. What do you say we get sloppy and have a good night? Just two of us. Cocaine? Me? Really? I wanted to resist, but denying Helen anything usually led to more trouble than just giving in. I figured that I'd do what I'd always done before, which was let her take a few bumps until she forgot that I hadn't done any at all. I shrugged and let her drag me from the apartment, 
and she insisted I drive so that she could focus on her phone and on the score. It was a chilly night for August and the sun had set by the time we reached the Arboretum. The forest looked darker, even more foreboding, when we pulled into the car park. Are you sure this is safe? I asked her, trying to peer into the trees for any sign of danger. Or life. Or anything, really. What happened to shady deals through car windows or handoffs using folded-up newspapers? She scoffed and grabbed her bag. Don't be ridiculous. If I'm not back in ten minutes, start flashing the lights, OK? This dealer likes to chat way too much. Before I could even respond, she was out and marching off between the trees, her thick blonde ponytail swinging until she was no longer visible. A nauseating sense of dread settled deep into my stomach. When I cracked the window to enjoy the forest breeze, I could hear the distinct call of owls. They echoed in tune with one another, as though they were having a discussion. One might usually find the sounds of the night to be calming, but they only made me restless. A few silent minutes had passed. Then a few more. I got out to pace around the car, figuring it would calm my nerves. But at the eight-minute mark, I began to panic. The owls were so loud, as though they were coming closer and closer to the tree line. Closer to me. I gasped when someone appeared through the trees, just out of clear sight. Emily? It was a man's voice, firm and authoritative. The crunch of the undergrowth grew louder as he ran towards me. What was he saying? Who was it? Panicked, I jumped into my car, flashed the lights and sent the pre-written text for Helen to hurry the hell up. I reached for the automated locks, but the passenger door opened and a man jumped in. Not Helen. I screamed. My heart fluttered like it was flirting with failure and I launched myself forward, punching everything I could get my hands on. What do you want? Get the fuck out of my car! His hand grabbed my shoulders. Emily, stop. I said stop, goddammit. I knew that voice. I knew that face. It was Dev, a local journalist I had met back a few years ago. We'd been friends for a bit and he'd taken me to his grandmother's home one holiday when I couldn't get to see my own family. He'd wanted to pursue things further, but I'd already had my sights on Jude at the time. Dev, what the hell is happening? You shouldn't be here, he insisted. We have to go, now! Masked figures descended on the car, hooting that familiar owl call. Chills ran down my spine. No time to breathe. They grabbed at the door handles and beat upon the glass so hard I was sure it would break. Dev shook me hard. Get us out of here. I threw the car into reverse, spun the nose toward the road and slammed my foot onto the gas. I jolted as I felt the wrong thump that told me I'd hit someone. But my adrenaline had taken over and I didn't even allow myself to glance back. I sped off into the dark, heading straight for my flat back in New Sussex. Without Helen... Oh, God, I'd left her. What the fuck was that? What is happening right now, Dev? My voice shook. Was that the fucking badgers? That part of the Albion Arboretum is a non-consent dogging spot. Those men were the oaken owls. It's common knowledge that the flashing lights on a car signal them to start their hunt. Once they find you, they can do whatever they want. He sucked in a lungful of air and laid his head against the seat. It had been Helen's idea to go to that spot. Helen had told me to flash those lights. Helen had disappeared into the woods and not come back. It was impossible to wrap my brain around. When I pulled back into the drive of my flat, I was still so worked up that I shut the car off and sat there in silence. So, to be clear, I said slowly, I was there and flashed my headlights. And that means somehow I consented for these owls too. I didn't even want to finish the sentence. When I saw you, I knew something wasn't right. You aren't exactly the type. When I glared at him, Dev held both hands up apologetically. Why were you down there, Em? I could have been tricked, but I can't be sure, I confessed. Maybe I'm being tricked right now. It had to be a mistake. Why would Helen do that? 
You were down there yourself, and you have all this knowledge. Are you one of the Oaken Owls? Did you forget what I do for a living? I'm writing a book about the underworld of New Sussex and the disappearance of Katie Mills. You must have heard of the story by now. Chills ran down my spine. Of course I'd heard of it. Just under 20 years ago, Katie Mills had gone missing around New Sussex. Her body was never found. I nodded and tried to swallow. It felt like he'd stuffed a rag down my throat. Dev leaned forward. But there are the unique circumstances around her disappearance. For some reason, the search was limited to known public spaces. Bomb shelters and tunnels were off-limits. Land prices seemed to plummet. And then several celebrities started renovating the old mansions here. He shook his head and rubbed his nape, as if he couldn't believe the story himself. To top it off, the last of the known famed Badgers clan were targeted by a serial killer in the late 90s. Some believed the Badgers had rivals throughout history. Though no one's proved it, the Oaken Owls were always thought to be suspect group number one. My heart was still beating out of my chest. I shook my head and Dev slid his arm around me. I can't believe it. This is too much. No way. I muttered to myself, trying to regain my composure. His touch lingered, and I leaned into him, grateful for the warmth and the solid feel of his body. He attempted to pull his hand away, but I held it in place, reading his unsure intentions. I needed his touch, and I was desperate for him to understand that. I placed his hand on my beating chest and held it there until warmth surpassed my anxiety and my heart started to race. We met across the console in a hot, rushed kiss. I scrambled to pull up my skirt. He pulled out his already hard dick and spat onto his palm and jerked it so that the head was prying out of his foreskin. I'd never had sex with an Asian man before. This was another first. I wasn't sure if I was doing this because I was using him, or if it was because it was Dev and I knew him. I climbed over to sit on his lap and slowly let his cock sink into me. We both groaned at the feeling of him fitting perfectly inside my wet heat, and with limited movements, I began to rock fast and hurried. The only sound outside of our breaths was the heavy slapping of his balls as they hit my ass. He reached up to shove my shirt up and out of the way and latched his lips onto my nipple. When he sucked the little peak hard into his mouth, I tipped my head back. Fuck, I moaned as I clamped down around him. The uninterrupted audio can be found on our discreet Patreon channel. We love that for thousands of our listeners, we're your go-to place to listen to top-quality erotica. However, we acknowledge that our full explicit audiobook library belongs behind an age-restricted paywall. So, we use Patreon in conjunction with familiar apps like Spotify and SoundCloud to house our premium content. And for a fraction of the cost of an audiobook subscription with the online giants, you'll get access to everything in our library rather than a single redeemable credit. You can cancel at any time, and it costs about the same as a single ebook. Find the link in the description and join us today. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Hot erotica to look out for. A young writer, Jessica Seeks, has been chained to a desk in a mirror-walled dungeon and made to write erotica for the pleasure of a mysterious stranger. The man behind the mirror. Her book, Mirror Secret Mirror, has just been published. You can find it on Amazon, Apple, and all major ebook retailers. It's available in both print and digital formats. Get your copy now to read the next big thing in erotica before everyone else. Stockholm Syndrome by Christian Pan. In the days and nights leading up to midsummer, things are heating up in the Swedish capital. Meet Katerina, a bisexual woman who refuses to choose to be with just one person for the summer holiday. Stockholm Syndrome. Available in print as an e-book and on Kindle Unlimited. Reclaiming His Rights by Elena Nix. 
A careless mistake convinced Jason that he had to abandon the dominant, submissive aspect of their marriage for his wife's sake. Now, he realises that giving up Lila's submission was an even bigger mistake. After months of believing he rejected her, she won't even talk about it. He's determined to reclaim her, but he'll have to break down her resistance before he can regain her trust. Links to all these titles can be found in the description. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Erotica connoisseurs, it's time to introduce you to our special guest. Our latest star recommendation, winning guest, and the author behind the marvelous Burning Embers, Megan Rose Fox. Hello, Megan. Hello there. Many of our connoisseurs may not be familiar with your works. How would you describe your style to listeners discovering you for the first time? I think the best way to describe my writing is fast-paced fantasy. A lot of people are turned off by the fantasy genre because they see it as a lot of world-building and exposition front-loaded into the story. I try to shy away from exposition beyond what's needed so that we can get to the good stuff. I take the hand of my reader and we both plunge into the deep end together. We've reviewed one of your titles on our show before, where it scored pretty impressively. How do you think you've developed as an author since then? I took a lot of the constructive criticism I received on Seeds of Darker Conquests into account while I was writing Burning Embers. I feel like Seeds was almost too grounded for the sorts of stories that I wanted to tell. Burning Embers represents a transition point for me. Instead of writing what I thought I could sell, I started writing what I wanted to see. I'm much happier with the outcome in this situation. You're known for writing complex, mystical, and relatable characters who are out of this world. How do you go about doing this? And who are your main inspirations behind your work? I am mostly inspired by the stories that I read. To me, art is a circle. I take inspiration from art, make more art, and hopefully that inspires other people. It's all cyclical. To that end, a lot of my inspirations are other fantasy stories. Like most fantasy authors, I pull inspirations from the big ones, Lord of the Rings, A Song of Ice and Fire, but I find that a lot of games are prominent in my work, too. Dungeons and Dragons, The Witcher, and Dragon Age are probably the most obvious inspirations I took for Burning Embers, but Devil May Cry, Final Fantasy, and Silent Hill are also tremendous influences. I also take a lot from music. There are almost too many bands to name, but The Amazing Devil is the biggest influence on Burning Embers. In which books can we find your favorite characters? What qualities have you given them to make them stand out to you? My favorite character to write is definitely Rafus from Seeds. He's so overdramatic and just feeling all of his feelings all of the time. He's hysterical and very fun. I think my other favorite character is Air from Burning Embers. They're such a complex and fun character to write, and I'm really looking forward to getting deeper into their story later on. What is the story, if any, behind the change in pen name? My original pen name was the name of my stepfather. To keep a long story short, I never took his name when my mother remarried, and I'm already engaged to someone else. So I would have skipped having his name ever, and it made me sad when I thought about it, so I decided to use his name for my pen name. And at the time, he was very supportive, and it was like kind of a joke. I I think he was proud, in a way, which is odd. Nowadays, he and I are not speaking for some rather dramatic reasons. Again, I'm keeping a long story short, but I'm also keeping a sad story short. I decided to take a new pen name earlier this year and went through a few ideas before I finally settled on Megan Rose Fox, which I think is very classy in a way. Would we be correct in assuming you're also a keen gamer? If so, what games are you into? You would be completely correct. Video games were kind of my first love. I remember being a toddler and playing Super Mario World and just being so fascinated with it. I think that my love of stories came more from games than from books, which is saying something because I read a lot of books and I played a lot of games. And I still do play a lot of games. Lately, it's been Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 14, and Borderlands 3, all of which I am available for if anybody ever wants to play. I'm down. My favorite game of all time is The Cat Lady. It's just such a moving, deep story. So if you have the stomach for it, I deeply recommend it. Let's talk about Burning Embers, the book that got us super invested in you. For those who haven't listened to our last episode, could you break down the premise of your book? What readers can expect and perhaps tease what we will be getting in the sequel? 
Burning Embers is an erotic fantasy book set in the Kingdom of Kaymore. The story follows Valeria Starsent, a mercenary who fucks her way through monstrous enemies whenever she can. Aided by her lover, heir, and longtime friend Lander, Valeria untangles the conspiracy behind the town of Embershore in Book 1. Readers can expect more monster encounters, sexual thrills, and larger-than-life characters in Book 2, Rising Tides, due to release Fall 2024. Do you read erotica? If so, who are some of your favorite creatives? I do read some erotica, but I'm incredibly picky. I'm a bit of a snob for style, and there are some really arbitrary things that can pull me straight out of a narrative, which is incredibly annoying to me, because I keep finding all these stories that I think will be interesting, but then something, it just drags me out, and it's very frustrating. That said, some of my favorite creators are independent writers and medium writers. My favorite writer on medium these days is Kate Granger, and my favorite erotica writer overall is Penny Birch. I heartily recommend her Indulgences of Isabel series. Can we get an exclusive preview of something unreleased you're working on? My current work in progress, Domina, is a sapphic erotic horror story set in the Seeds universe. Livia is a human servant in House Umbrania, a depraved vampiric home in which the Lady Galeria rules as a decadent goddess. Inspired by works such as Carmilla, Caligula, and Resident Evil, Domina is due to release to Medium and Kindle Vela in winter of 2023. The following is an excerpt from the work. Neil. For what? Your job is not to question me either. Right now, your job is to kneel. She takes the command, wincing as she assumes the position. Our floors are stone, and the bruise I gave her yesterday cannot have healed much yet. She looks up at me, eyes sparking with defiance. I hold the rolling pin at my hip level. Take this into your mouth. How dare you, she replies. While her mouth is still in the O shape of her final word, I thrust the wood between her lips. She jerks her head back. I follow her movement, bending my wrist this way and that to keep up with her shaking head. The fool pins herself to the back of the counter she'd been scrubbing. The roller slides down her resistant throat, each reluctant swallow making the rod twitch. How can we follow you on social media? The easiest way to follow me is on Twitter at Megan Rose Fox, M-E-G-A-N-R-O-S-E-F-A-W-K-E-S. I'm also available on Facebook under the same name. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. You're listening to All the Filthy Details. <laughs> it's time to hand you over to Filth, the erotic book review. This is Filth, the erotic book review, the home of the most frequently contested prestigious erotica award, the Star Recommendation. We have three books to present to you by three different authors, and we're going to dissect them with the help of our team and our latest Star Recommendation winner. These authors have been waiting close to a month to hear our critiques, so without further ado, let's get the show started. This is Dark Wave Courtesans by Gabby Lafleur. Do you like this baby? She asked, going back to blowing Blake without waiting for an answer. She let his hard dick fall from her mouth as she climbed upwards and settled over his waist. She sat back on her haunches, lining him up perfectly as she took him inside, enveloping his length deep inside her. Then she rode him, bouncing up and down energetically as she rubbed her clit. Lilith grinned, but there was a deep hunger in her eyes as she looked down at Blake. Cody took the initiative to move around behind Lilith. He climbed into the coffin as well, kneeling behind her. His firm erection pressed against her soft ass as he kissed the side of her neck and cupped her full breasts from behind. She turned her head back to Cody and kissed him, licking at his mouth. Lilith leaned forward, her breasts pressing against Blake's chest as she continued moving back and forth on him. Cody leaned with her, sandwiching her between him and Blake. He slid his cock into her as well, filling her completely as he wedged in, deep next to Blake's member. Lilith closed her eyes dreamily and continued licking at Cody's mouth. He extended his tongue and licked back at hers, 
biting her lip, Lilith moved between the two men, impaling herself on both of their rock-hard erections, stretching herself open and thoroughly filling herself. Her soft moans soon grew into pleasure-filled screams as her inner walls clamped powerfully down, squeezing the throbbing erections of both men. They disengaged as Blake did not want to come so early. After some rearranging, Lilith laid in the coffin with Cody, kneeling astride her, higher above her chest. There was room between their bodies, so she had moved an arm between them, allowing her to massage and press on Cody's asshole as she sucked gently on his cock. Having been able to cool down, Blake positioned himself between her legs and pressed deep into her as she continued blowing Cody. If they could have only Lilith whenever they wanted, the Vice Squad would never give this place trouble again. With another rearrangement of their bodies, the coffin's lower half of the lid was closed while Blake sat upon it. Lilith knelt between his legs, sucking her wetness from his cock as Cody was behind her, fucking her with deep, powerful thrusts. Cody pulled out of Lilith's slicked warmth and pressed the head of his dick against her puckering asshole. She slowly pressed back onto it, and, with a little resistance, it slid inside. Once snugly ensconced in Lilith's accommodating butthole, Cody pumped in and out at an increasing speed. Lilith seemed only to enjoy the assault on her ass as she continued sucking off Blake. Lilith took Blake's dick out of her mouth long enough to encourage Cody. Oh yeah, I love it in my ass. You're so hard and you're in so deep. Keeping fucking my ass. After Lilith's acknowledgement of Cody's fucking her ass, he had his own words for her. Oh shit, baby. I'm gonna come. Go ahead and come for me, baby. She sped up how her tongue swirled around Blake's dickhead, pumping the shaft vigorously. Cody pulled out of her ass and stroked his cock, coaxing a hefty load of his cum to spew out over her ass cheeks. Blake started pumping his hips as Lilith sucked him, indicating that he was going to come for her as well. She sucked harder, not letting him pull himself free and he started pumping his cum into her mouth. She only released him after she drained every drop out of him. As they untangled themselves and climbed out of Lilith's coffin, her eyes glowed softly. Well, boys, she purred contentedly. It seems that you two have whetted my appetite. I hope one of you is O-negative. Huh? Cody asked, his thoughts still clouded in post-orgasmic bliss. Lilith's eyes shone even more brightly as she grew fangs and immediately fell upon both of them. From the main office, Anson and Reed heard the screams of the Vice Squad and laughed. I told you that a pet vampire was a good idea, Anson reminded Reed before they laughed again. Two friends become trapped in a dream world in which they can pimp out hot goth women just by playing their favorite songs. As they navigate this newfound power, will they discover anything about themselves or will they crash out regardless? This is Mary's Awakening by P.T. Brown. Richard put down his bottle and slid a hand over her bottom before inserting his fingers into her sex. He removed them slowly, then gently inserted one into her ass. He was gentle and she was keen. The combination made the whole thing happen quite easily. She moaned a little, enjoying the sensation. Richard inserted a second finger slowly. Mary flinched a little at first, but soon adjusted, and as he slowly moved them forward and back, she quickly became aroused by the new but pleasing feeling. He slowly removed them and kissed her bottom. Next time, we're alone. It takes patience and a little practice, he said. Mary didn't object. In fact, she loved that he wanted to wait for a better time. She sat on the bed and finished her cigarette, flirting with him with her eyes as the noises from the other room reached a fever pitch, then subsided. Sounds like they're finished, Mary said. For now, if I know Mike, he's far from finished. So are you, I hope, Mary said, raising an eyebrow at him. He smiled as Mike appeared at the door. He peered round to see Mary, still naked but for her stockings, sat on the bed, and Richard sat in front of her with a beer. Mike walked in and picked up the new beer. I need this, he said, drinking half of it. 
Mary looked at him, his dick still slightly hard and glistening. Louise wandered in behind him and saw Mary looking at him. "'Thinking about cleaning it up for him?' Louise said, now full of confidence, as she poured two new glasses from the new bottle of wine. Mary looked over at Richard. "'Don't let me stop you,' he said, getting up off the edge of the bed and nodding at Mike. Mary put out her cigarette as Mike walked over to the edge of the bed and she shuffled forward slightly. Louise wandered over and stood with Richard, both waiting. Mary smiled at them both before turning and lifting Mike into her mouth. She knew very well that what she could taste was a cocktail of Mike's cum and Louise's. It turned on everyone in the room to see her slowly cleaning him. She stopped for a second and looked at Louise. Side on, as requested, she said. She turned back to Mike, slowly slid his entire length down her throat and held there for a second or two. Fucking hell, Mary, Louise blurted out. Mary withdrew slowly. Don't knock it till you've tried it, she said, nodding at Richard. Louise, still standing next to him, turned to face him and looked down at his cock. Looks like you could do with a clean-up too, she said, holding out her hand and stroking it. Richard put a hand on her shoulder and she knelt, eagerly taking him in her mouth. Mary watched as she continued sucking Mike. There, Mary said, withdrawing from Mike's still semi-hard cock. All clean. Are you done, Louise? She asked, looking across. Louise was not done. She seemed more than happy to stay where she was. Um, Louise, Mary said, waiting. Lou! Richard laughed and tapped Louise on the shoulder, who withdrew from his cock, unaware that Mary had been trying to get her attention. The girls wandered off to the bathroom as Richard and Mike sat drinking naked on the sofa, which was a peculiar sight, Mary thought. How was it? Mary asked as she closed the bathroom door behind them as they cleaned themselves up a little. Fucking incredible, Louise said. I can get into these older men, or they can get into me. He has a lovely cock. Mary cast a look at her. Which one? Both of them, actually. Fancy swapping for a bit? Louise asked. No, blowjobs are one thing, but Richard's not fucking anyone but me, Mary said, taking off her boots and rolling off her fishnets, creating a neat pile on the bathroom floor. Louise sat on the edge of the bath. She removed her heels and suspender belt before carefully removing her stockings and adding them to Mary's pile. Staying the night? Mary asked. Why not? Louise said. Is there any particular reason we just got completely naked? Two reasons, actually. And they are in my room waiting for us, Mary said. I suppose we had better go and entertain our guests then, don't you think? Louise replied, reaching for Mary's hand and leading her out of the bathroom. Mary stopped her. Wait, can you believe this? I know we've had a lot of wine, but this is seriously slutty, don't you think? She said. We're young, and it's a shitload of fun. Where's the harm? Louise asked confidently. Besides, you were quite sober when you arranged it. You knew where it was going. I had no idea it was going here, to be fair, Mary said thoughtfully. Want to call it a day? Louise asked. Oh, God, no, Mary said, smiling once more. Not at all. As they re-entered the bedroom, Richard stood in front of the sofa, still naked. He's waiting for you next door, he said to a puzzled-looking Louise. Oh, okay. Is he staying tonight? Louise asked. Yes, I thought it wise, Richard responded. Then I guess I'll see you two in the morning, Louise said, smiling and heading for the door. Mary goes through a journey of sexual awakening after sleeping with her hot housemate multiple times. This is Neighbours, The Beach Trip by Anton J. Pierce. I heard a muffled gasp from her as she moaned into my wife's pussy while I slid all the way inside her. I looked up to see Tim standing in front of Carrie. 
his cock buried in her mouth, her left arm snaked around his hips, pulling him deeper. Christy and Carrie might have both gotten much more vocal in their lovemaking, since we'd all gotten together, but both their mouths were fully occupied. The only sounds in the room were the slap of flesh on flesh and the moaning and heavy breathing of four people who were intensely turned on. I saw Carrie slump forward a little, catching herself against Tim's legs as she came hard, which set Christy off as I felt her spasming around my cock. I was pretty sure that I wouldn't last much longer myself before Carrie raised her head and shouted, Switch! It was everything I could do to not high-five Tim as we switched partners, but that just seemed too... guyish, I guess. But we did grin at each other as we moved past. Christy seemed too blissed out to move from where she was on the floor, but Carrie moved off of her and turned around, leaning down to kiss her best friend. That put my wife on all fours, her delectable round ass in the air as I moved behind her. I squeezed her cheeks before sliding my hands out around her hips and pulling her back onto my cock. She broke her kiss with Christy long enough to moan before leaning forward again and driving her tongue into Christy's mouth. Tim took my previous place between his wife's legs, and we, so we ended up with our spouses after all. I pulled Carrie back into me and reached under her to massage her boobs, displacing Christy's hands. Christy bowed her neck back enough to see Carrie and me, giving us a big smile before turning her attention fully to her husband. And that's the way I remember our vacation ending, all together on the floor as a foursome, maybe even a family. Carrie crawled forward over Christy, bringing me with her. She reached down and started stroking Christy's clit, and I was pretty sure Christy was reaching up and doing the same for Carrie. Christy was a little muffled under Carrie, but I could hear her start to almost chant, yeah, baby, that's it, baby. Shit, yeah, baby. I don't know if baby was Tim or Carrie, but it didn't seem to matter as she nearly bent herself double-coming hard. Tim was right with her until he slipped out as Christy thrust her hips up. But Carrie was right there to take her place, leaning forward and capturing Tim's spurting cock in her mouth. The chain reaction of orgasms continued with Carrie squeezing around my cock. She did seem to like being double-teamed, I pulled her back against me and took her as deep as I could, trying to hold off a little longer just because fucking her felt so good. But I was done for when Christy raised her head and licked my balls. I came hard in Carrie, spurting a half a dozen times before she collapsed onto Christy, and I slipped out. But Christy leaned her head up and took my balls in her mouth, stroking my still-jerking cock while I finished coming over her tits and Carrie's still-twitching rear. I flopped down on the floor on one side of the women, while Tim did the same on the other. Carrie found the energy to reverse herself so that she and Christy were side by side, with Christy's head on Carrie's shoulder and Tim and I on either side of them. Tim just sighed and said, Now, that's more like it. Nobody else had the energy to reply for a couple of minutes, before Carrie made a suggestion. Guys, that was fucking awesome, and I know it's getting late, but I could use a few minutes in the hot tub. Anyone else game? It was agreed that that was the best idea we'd heard all night. No one mentioned bathing suits, so we grabbed towels and headed out. I took a side trip to the fridge and grabbed the last two bottles of champagne and joined them while Tim wrestled the top of the tub off. It was really too small for all four of us, but I sat on one side with a very naked, luscious Christie on my lap, while Tim did the same with Carrie on the other side. We opened both bottles of bubbly and drank from the bottles. All of us blissed out and relaxed. Carrie took a drink and looked out towards the beach, which was completely dark given the new moon. Well, this has been one hell of a vacation, kids. Here's to our adventure together. She and Christy clinked bottles before both took another swig and handed them off to me and Tim. I raised the bottle and said... Here's to new friends, Tim added, and new fuck buddies. That got him an elbow in the ribs while he drank. Our protagonist and his wife slowly embraced the swinging lifestyle by sleeping with their friendly neighbors. The couple takes this momentum on the road during their beach vacation. We asked our star recommendation winner and guest, Megan Rose Fox, what she made of the following stories. Here are some of her hot takes. 
I was really excited by the premise of Darkwave Courtesan, since I'm a huge fan of the goth aesthetic. My understanding is that the work is meant to be a parody, and it reads like one. The main characters' shallow attraction to the aesthetic of the women they coordinate get poked fun at, but at the same time the girls don't get much fleshing out either, they all read as completely interchangeable. Without wishing to spoil the story, there are a few plot twists towards the end, and I feel like they come out of absolutely nowhere. I feel like the target of the parody was very confused, and that strange framing and twist pulled me right out of an experience that I really wanted to enjoy. Mary's Awakening was a short read for me, and I feel like a lot of it was rather rushed. There's a strange issue with pacing, where the exposition and erotic are given equal billing, and there was a lot of telling us about the sex and showing us the minutiae of the main character's daily life. I would have liked to see more conflict as well, there were next to no stakes that would have given the story a little more structure and made the characters more compelling. One thing that I did admire about the story is how it bookends Mary's growth by having her take the same man to bed that she took in the beginning, ready to show him everything that she learned throughout the course of the narrative. I don't usually go for swinger stories, but I found Neighbors to be a really well-crafted story. Despite having a lot of similar people, Pierce makes everyone sound and behave a little different in order to keep characters differentiated. Furthermore, I like how sex is both the explicit motivation of the characters as well as a way to further the plot. A major theme is how sexual relationships can affect other types of bonds in one's life. The age-positive approach to sexuality and refusal to neglect the wives of the story really endeared this one to me, and I'm prepared to say that Neighbors is my favorite of the bunch. We also asked Davina to chime in on behalf of our team. Let's start with Dark Wave Courtesans. Gabby Lafleur's latest work carries a whimsical undertone, a blend of the familiar with a spritz of innovation. Characters embark on a post-pubescent dream adventure that's both captivating and eyebrow-raising. Within this world, you'll find a distinct flavour. Gullible, alluring gothic women who dance through the narrative with a touch of comedic charm. Yet, caution is advised as some of these ingredients tread a thin line between humour and potential offence with the shallow bimbo-isms that fuel the narrative. Dark Wave Courtesans is a mosaic that might attract or puzzle, tailored for those attuned to its unique cadence. Lafleur's expertise shines through, but the connection depends on whether this niche symphony strikes a chord with you. Next, we have Mary's Awakening, which is all about growth, which is ultimately what you want from your protagonist and author alike. As the story unfolds, a journey of erotic growth takes center stage, progressing from its inception to the tantalizing promise of a sequel. This trajectory might even challenge readers' own experiences, making it a pivot point for both the characters and the audience. Unlike reality though, the cast lacks a little something to make them stand out as characters you know and have met. Finally, we have Neighbours. In a mesmerising way, this book illuminates the remarkable potential that ageing holds, especially when accompanied by a partner attuned to your evolving sexual desires. While the narrative might not excel in constructing intricate subplots and unexpected twists, it maintains a steady rhythm of intimate encounters, thoughtfully dispersed throughout the chapters. What truly enriches the reading experience is the diverse array of suitors spanning different age groups. The women really shine in this one and provide us with plenty of erotic scenarios. Scores time! Dark Wave Courtesans is a 3.7 out of 5. Gabby Lafleur has become synonymous with erotic parody and this book feels like it's cut from the same cloth. It reminds me of a plot from an old 90s movie such as Weird Science or Big, where one magical moment changes everything for the characters, propelling them into a position of power and influence. The protagonists have a peculiar and comical incel energy reminiscent of Beavis and Butthead, coupled with the lofty sexual ambitions of Hugh Hefner. The question is, does this resonate with you? For us, this book is more of an acquired taste than a tantalizing read. For instance, if you were to read this to your partner, I guarantee there would be multiple moments of critique regarding the content. 
It's decent, but very niche. Mary's Awakening is a four out of five. Every so often, I become enthralled by an author, and this is one of those instances where I find myself being cautioned not to let my opinions interfere with the facts. Personally, I found this book to be my favorite in terms of relatability and enjoyment, with a protagonist whom I could easily imagine as myself. The book begins beautifully, introducing the premise and the challenges faced by our protagonist due to her shared living arrangements. However, once the erotica enters the scene, character development and plot progression take a backseat to what seems to be a journey of sexual exploration. Normally, and in most cases, these aspects should not be of concern, but in this particular book, it appears to be the first installment in a series of at least two books. At this point, by the end of this title, we should have a better understanding of the characters' personalities and feel compelled to discover where the story will lead next. Neighbors, The Beach Trip is a 4.1 out of 5. Youth is always promoted and celebrated in the mainstream as being current and attractive, but have you ever considered what real life is actually like? Older people tend to have nicer cars, grander homes, more experience, and tend to be more active in the swinging lifestyle. This book perfectly captures the advantages of age and the opportunities it brings. While this book may not be perfect in setting up captivating subplots and twists, it is consistent in its distribution of sex scenes among the chapters. The diverse cast of suitors from different age groups enriches this project more than some of the details woven within the chapters. It is an excellent read, and perhaps one you could easily enjoy at a slower pace, reading a chapter or two before bed. So Anton J. Pierce wins our star recommendation for Neighbors The Beach Trip. This is an incredible achievement for a debut title, suggesting that Pierce may be one of those talents you need to take note of. While the book wasn't perfect, like our other authors, we expect them to improve as they continue writing. We'd like to formally invite Anton to be our featured guest on next month's All the Filthy Details, so we can provide more information about this special author. We would also like to thank everyone who submitted their titles. We'll be delving deeper into our criticisms on our secret Patreon-exclusive Erotica podcast. If you'd like your erotic book reviewed on our podcast, be sure to look out for the book request tweet on X. You're listening to all the filthy details. (laughs) Be sure to take some time to read and review these books for yourself. We are the Erotica Communities Podcast, so let's hand you over to the Erotica Community for some poll session updates. Remember, anyone can submit these, and the subject and format are down to you. All you have to do is keep the length of the audio you submit under seven minutes. Hello erotica fans, I'm Pornika Assam and I'm here to give you my quick pulse update on new projects worth looking out for. I asked my Twitter audience if anyone had any new projects they wanted the world to know about and these new fantastic undertakings came up. First we have Ghost of Timor written by Audrey Hon. This appears to be a sequel to one of the Jerry and Ali books previously reviewed on this podcast, unless I'm mistaken. Well, on whenjerrymetali.com, we can read some of this Ghost of Timor arc before committing to buying the complete book. 
There's a lovely story describing a sexual encounter after our protagonist reunites after 25 years apart in a hotel room in Canberra. The intense erotica is also complemented by some lovely music embed on the page via a YouTube video. It's definitely worth a visit. Also, we have another website to tell you about. It's called pinastry.co.uk. It features an excellent collection of BDSM erotica stories, complete with its own lifestyle-driven blog. The website appears to be in its early stages, so take advantage of this opportunity to easily access all available content. Thanks for hearing me out. Be sure to check out those links and come talk to me on Twitter. Before I leave, can I send my condolences to the team on losing Dai? I hope everything works out in the end. This is Christian Pan for another Pulse session. I'm here with Simone de Boudois, the multi-talented artist who works across writing, photography, and video. Simone, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Me too. You work with a lot of different media at the same time. Can you tell me how talented you are and what what are the pros and cons of working with all these different media at the same time? I don't know how talented I am. I think that's still up for debate. But uh, some pros and cons, the pros of working. So I work with, as you said, I write erotica and I like to add little uh, videos and some sort of boudoir photo shoots to the, the stories I wrote. Some of the pros, the main pro is that I like doing it. It's just something that I, I want to do and that I like do it. Um, for the, the reader, I hope the pro is that it, uh, it builds out the world a little bit. When I first started writing erotica, which was only about a year or so ago, I'm pretty new. I was writing a story about a, a stripper, a vampire stripper, in fact. And uh, I'm sort of a, a an exhibitionist. I call myself an artsy exhibitionist. Um, so I wanted to add some uh, some stripteases, some little some little videos of stripteases, and and that goes well with video or with um, photos. So. You know, if I'm all dolled up, I might as well take some photos. Absolutely. So those are, yeah, kind of why not is the main answer, the main pro. Um, cons, it might take a little longer to get everything together rather than just posting a story. If I if I do want to add these videos or photos, it, it's just an extra thing to do. Absolutely. I find it so, it really brings me more into your world, like with that vampire stripper story you mentioned with blood on her lips it's just like it yeah. creates this like fully realized mood because i get to read the chapters but then i can see pictures that are related to the story that you're telling uh readers can go into like a kind of private room to get like a video lap dance with the character i mean i just feel like it's so inventive so between the vampire strippers and the the nuns who are having sex with God. I mean, is all of your work autobiographical or where do you get the, like, where do you get these ideas from, Simone? Autobiographical in the sense that this is these some of these characters are who I am in my in my fantasies. I don't know if I've lived all these lives. But I, you know, uh, I've never actually been a stripper, but I feel like it was my true calling I never got to do. Uh, as for nuns, I was never a nun. I've never even really been religious, but I had a period of my life. I grew up a little repressed and then I was in a bad marriage. I'm out of that now, but I, I had a, some moments that were sort of nunnish. And yeah, so when, when some of my characters sort of rediscover themselves or uh, find joy through sexual expression, that's, that part's a little autobiographical, yeah. Yeah. And I, and in all seriousness, I can really identify with the erotic art being a kind of, um, I don't want to say it's therapy, but I think it's therapeutic as a way of yeah. being more fully expressive and really becoming in touch with parts of ourselves that maybe were dormant or not totally. fully realized. You said that you started about a year ago. Was there something um, specific that kind of pushed you over to that next step into sharing your work with the world? 
Part of it, honestly, was that I was unemployed and just had some time. So this is all, this has all kind of been part of a career sort of life reset. I've been, I used to work in DC. I was doing the like nonprofit thing and it just wasn't working out. So I, I yeah, I've been sort of trying to do this, re, this career reset, which, you know, at age 40 is, <laughs> is a whole thing, but I'm in a lucky enough position that I can kind of try some, some of my more some things I'm more passionate about and artsy about. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's never too late. I see that in addition to your erotic photography and writing, you also have this music video review uh, YouTube yeah. channel. Can you tell, tell me more about that? Like That just sounds like another branch within your creativity. Yeah, thanks. You know, it's a podcast I co-host with my part with my um my partner Austin, and I go by Lisa on that podcast. Just incidentally, um, it's called Music Videos Are Art, A R E A R T, and we, uh, my partner and I, we really just love music videos, and the the podcast treats them as these underappreciated little forms of art. They're little like mm. three to four minute pieces of art, and like a lot of work goes into them. So it's, and I love music and I love music videos. So, uh, and, and as you said, I like multimedia stuff and music videos definitely are multimedia. So yeah, it's just about appreciating some videos that we like. Fantastic. Is there one recent music video that you had on your show that you feel like needs to get more attention? That you feel like folks need to be more aware of? Ooh, good question. Um, recent? You know who does some good music videos, who has been doing good music videos recently is an artist uh, called Chapelle Roan or Chapelle Roan. Mm. Uh, she does some great little poppy music videos. They're real fun. I'd recommend her. All right. Going to check that out. You also write a mental health blog, which I think is really important and wonderful. Can you tell me a little bit Thank about you. the origins of writing that and what you're wanting to do with it? Yeah, well, it's exactly what you said. Uh, writing is therapy, right? So, uh, and this is the blog, the mental health blog is something I need to get back to. I've, I've only posted a couple things there. Um, but, you know, I have these moments where I have all these feelings. Um, I hope I'm hiding it well, but I'm not always like a great speaker, or a great talker. So sometimes mm -hmm. just like getting on the computer and just like, blah, blah, blah like word vomiting, um, and having a little therapy session kind of with myself. I'm also in real therapy. I have a therapist, but yeah, uh, just sort of having a therapy session with myself through the, the written word has been therapeutic and I recommend it to anyone. What do you have coming up? What do you, what's something that you want us all to know that you're making right now, or you want us to, uh, be sure that we yeah. keep an eye out for it? Yeah, no, thanks for this opportunity to share some things. Um, I've got more nun stories coming. Um, there should be, so Wasted Nun is the first one. Part one and two are up on Medium. Uh, I've got parts three and four coming out. I've got a story on Dark Bambi coming out. Mm. These are all going to be erotic stories, incidentally. Yeah. Um, and I've got some some Sex in the City fanfic about Charlotte coming out. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, she gets a little dirty. Oh, even more so than uh, the show. Yeah. <laughs> even more so, yeah. Yeah, she she dips into a, an MM, MMF threesome. Fan. Our good girl, Charlotte. Fantastic. Be sure to follow Simone de Boudoir on all of her links find out what yeah. is coming out of that delightfully filthy erotic imagination of hers. Simone, thank you so much for giving us some of your time and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Can I plug one more thing? Yes, please. Uh, I also started making uh, candles. They're edible massage oil candles. They're made with only food grade materials and uh, they're called Licks, L-A-X candles. And I'm on Etsy. Thank you so much. I think I need to order some of these candles before they run out. Yeah, I'll send you a link. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> 
Thank you for your contribution. Links can be found for everything you've heard in the show's description section. We are eager to collaborate with more erotica writers to solidify our position as the leading podcast within the erotica community. We would like to extend an invitation to various writers to join us on the show and share details about their forthcoming projects, partnerships, and thrilling releases from the erotica community. If you're interested in providing us with a brief on your exciting projects, please reach out to us via our Twitter handle. You're listening to All the Filthy Details. <laughs> Let's hear some more erotica. This is our new work in progress, written by the talented Melanie Russell. It's a jerk-off instruction-style drama with an extra bratty protagonist. Throw a towel down, dim the lights, and listen responsibly. You strain, you twitch and convulse, but it's no use. The cold ceramic of Skylar's hotel bathtub makes your skin twinge, and the pair of leather belts that bind your hands to the towel rack above rattle and clank with each fruitless movement. Your ankles are constrained by your own necktie and two cords from a pair of bathrobes she found in the closet. It wasn't exactly what you expected when she finally, and admittedly reluctantly, agreed to bring you back to her hotel. Skylar was a stunning woman. Confident, piercing eyes, a sharp jawline, and thick, luscious brown hair. You couldn't say no to her, but she could say no to you, and she did, many times. It was only in the absence of suitably wealthy bachelors that she finally agreed. The door beside you swings open, and heavy bootfalls thud along the bathroom tiles. You turn to see her. She's changed her outfit, no more flowing slit dress and high heels. Instead, she's in knee-high boots with soles thicker than your forearm, and a sleeveless latex catsuit. The zipper runs all the way from her neck to beyond her crotch. Her outfit squeaks as she meanders towards you. You look pathetic. Still feel like coming back with me was the right idea. Skylar purrs, her voice like satin on your mind. Her expression tells you all you need to know. You're here for her amusement, her fun, not your own. You knew that already, and though it took a moment to settle in, you realized you were very much okay with that arrangement. For a woman like Skylar, a literal goddess in human form, you'd do most anything for her. Yeah, is all you can muster to say. Your body is shivering. Your hands feel cold from the lack of circulation. Adrenaline is coursing throughout your veins, and as you gaze upon the magnificent specimen of lust that is Skylar, your manhood stands on end as if commanded to do so. She begins to pace up and down the length of the bath, her boots thudding on tile. She looks as imposing as she does, delicious. I told you more than a few times, I'm only interested if you have the money to pay for my exuberant lifestyle. You told me you do not, yet you continued to pursue. How could I not? Shh, she harshly hushes you. Just know you're tied up, naked in my bathtub because I find it amusing. And what I plan on doing to you will be equally amusing, if not more so. You wanted to be here with me, so you will accept it with grace and gratuity. You nod, eagerly agreeing to whatever activities lie before you, unaware of what they might be. Skylar is radiant, heavenly, like that of a fallen angel turned twisted and devious by her fall from grace. Yet the grace never left her. It simply evolved into something more alluring. I wanted to bring home someone I could woo, someone I could spoil myself with. You are handsome, yes, but you are also pathetic. No real man would agree to this. Just know that is how I feel. Her insult to your masculinity almost goes over your head. You are so enamored by her. Consumed by her beauty, her power, her ferocity... In your mind, nobody has ever worn a cat suit so well as she, and that is certainly saying something. Her curves are delightfully highlighted. The warm yellow light of the bathroom reflects on the heft of her shapely ass and accentuates the fullness of her breasts. She licks her lips, enticed by the power she holds over you, just as you are. She raises one leg over the edge of the tub. Her heavy boot drops down beside your waist. You squirm to make room for it, and again, as the other stands opposite, Skylar looms over you, leaning forward and making you feel as small and pathetic as she thinks you are. Your cock is immutably hard, dribbling with arousal. So perhaps she's right, you think. I'm pathetic. The thought of being inferior to her makes you shiver with euphoric delight. She cocks her head slowly, her eyes locked with yours. In a sudden movement, she spits forward, coating your face in her saliva. 
She stands up and laughs at you as her spit pools in your eyes and dribbles down your face. She wasn't the only thing that spat. You feel fluid trickle down the length of your cock. Pathetic. She repeats. Skylar bites her lip. Her eyes turn toward you, watching your reaction as her hands begin to slide up her latex-clad stomach, angling for the zipper between her breasts. You shudder, involuntarily releasing an aroused moan, your body still quaking. She starts to unzip her outfit, slowly, inch by inch teasing you with her supple glowing skin. As her hand moves down, dragging with it the zipper, her breasts, full and perky, fall from their latex confinement and wobble hypnotically. The catsuit hangs on her shoulders. Her stomach is smooth like porcelain, and her navel bejeweled with a sparkling amethyst stone. She pauses, just an inch above her sex. She cocks a sly smile, loving your anticipation. And there it is, her divinity. Neatly shaved, glistening with arousal, soft pink folds of skin that look as warm and inviting as hot chocolate in the snow. She leans forward, moving her perfect cunt toward your desperate tongue as you stick it out so eagerly. You lurch forward, hungry, famished, starving. She recoils, keeping her lust just out of reach. Your bound hands keep you from her. She encourages you to try, nevertheless, and laughs at your pathetic, fruitless display. You can smell her arousal. It's intoxicating, far more so than the various drinks you ordered for both of you at the bar earlier. Her scent fills your lungs and makes your eyes twitch with desire. Not for you, she chirps snidely. But I do have something else for you. Open wide. Of course you do as directed as she slips one finger into her cunt and then drags her flavor across your tongue. The taste is divine. Holy, magnificent. You close your mouth to savor it, but she tells you to open it again. With two fingers like an upside-down V, she parts her labia and stands still for a moment. You think you know what's about to happen. And your suspicions are confirmed as a steady stream. Sorry, this is way too hot for the internet. Subscribe to our Patreon to download the full chapter. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to explore our amazing non-sign-up freebies on Patreon and our exclusive shh, Extra Filth channel on Spotify. We value your feedback, so let me know how I rocked it. I'm excited to hear if you want me back next month. Until then, au revoir, connoisseurs.